Welcome to the Cell Culture Dish podcast, generating actionable data and analysis in complex models using live cell analysis. I'm Brandy Sargent, editor of the Cell Culture Dish. Joining me today is Paul Jansen, product manager for Incusite at Sartorius. Paul joined the Incusite team in 2019 and has worked in the world of imaging microscopy since 2003. Paul obtained his MS in Medical Sciences from the Pharmacology Department at the University of South Florida and currently lives outside of Cleveland, Ohio. I wanted to start by talking about the use of real-time live cell analysis and how it permits cell analysis in ways that weren't previously possible, and new uses are being developed regularly. Could you tell me what you see as the biggest benefits of real-time live cell analysis and how this technology is complementary to other cell analysis platforms? Well, live cell experimentation is typically a dynamic process. In living cells, changes are occurring over the entire course of the experiment, where traditionally data is collected only at the end of an experiment, so endpoint analysis. Uh, Real-time live cell analysis using a dedicated device adds a kinetic dimension to the information that can be collected. The development of non-perturbing labeling reagents and label-free imaging techniques now permit researchers to acquire information over extended time courses, eliminating the behavior of their experimental systems as they change. With this kinetic data in hand, Researchers now have a more complete understanding of their experimental systems. Where these non-invasive techniques are insufficient to generate the desired results, the researcher now has concrete data to understand exactly when they should perform an endpoint analysis. Endpoint analysis might entail fixation and imaging of cells, in situ temporal cytokine analysis, or endpoint flow cytometry to extend or confirm data collected by these kinetic imaging techniques. Real-time live cell analysis provides a temporal context on its own, but it can also be combined with terminal endpoint analysis as well as contemporaneous in situ measurements, providing far greater information with which to evaluate experimental systems. As one example, our scientists here at Sartorius recently developed an immune cell killing workflow utilizing a real-time live cell imaging protocol on our Incusite S3 combined with temporal cytokine measurements while the imaging was occurring and endpoint confirmation of T-cell activation using the IQ flow cytometer. Using this combination of techniques, morphological and cytotoxic changes in target cells were imaged while measuring temporal cytokine production, followed by specific identification of subsets of activated T cells by flow cytometry. To keep up with the continually evolving uses of real-time live cell analysis, uh, Sartorius recently published its third edition of the Live Cell Analysis Handbook. Would you be able to share with us some of the highlights of the new edition? And also, we will provide a link to the edition in our show notes. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, optimization and characterization of neuroimmune cell models, especially human iPSC-derived models, continues to be a focus for cellular neuroscientists. This is a burgeoning field. Uh, in our chapter of kinetic assays for studying neuronal cell models, we describe a suite of assays that enable the study of structure and function of neurons and neuroimmune cells. This chapter includes great new data ranging from chemotactic movement and phagocytic activity of microglia to long-term measurements of neuronal activity and connectivity. 
With our unique patent pending technology for measuring neuronal activity, we can watch and measure neurons as they become active and form connected networks via repeated in situ measurement of calcium flux using our genetically encoded calcium indicator, Incusite Neuroburst, and our purpose-built image analysis tools. We can observe these networks growing in 96 well plates for days, weeks, or even months at a time, all while the cells stay stationary inside the incubator. This type of chronic analysis at microplate throughput drastically improves productivity for scientists who are working to develop differentiation protocols for IPSC-derived neural models. Thank you for that. I really enjoyed the section on analysis approach and the steps involved in image processing to ultimately lead us to analysis and actionable data, which I think is really important uh, since, you know, what's the point of collecting all this if you can't take action on it? Could you share with listeners an overview of the image processing workflow and the role of life cell analysis within it? I'm very excited to have a section in the handbook that educates our readers on the steps that are required when processing and analyzing images. Uh, this is my history. This is my background. Uh, so, so it's important to, for me to communicate this information to our customers. When collecting so many images as we do in our devices, typically in 96 well plates, 384 well plates or more, it is not uncommon to collect thousands of images per experiment. When you have this many images, image processing and analysis must be systematic and repeatable. These images that are collected are digital representations of the analog information which are contained within the sample, providing a means to automatically analyze the information contained within it. Once these digital snapshots are acquired, image processing is used to clean up the data, and image analysis is used to extract usable information for analysis. At the core of all these manipulations are numbers. Images are comprised of pixels, and each pixel in an image has a number, a digital value, representing the brightness of that portion of the sample at a specific moment in time. By operating on these values, either in isolation or while considering nearby values, the information in the images can be cleaned of aberrant information, and data relevant to the image sample can be extracted and measured. Performing these steps on individual images generates sufficient statistical power to support a hypothesis can be a tedious process. However, when operating on large numbers of images, which have been collected in a substantially similar manner, a series of operations performed to clean up the data, extract desired information, and compare images may be recorded and automatically applied to many images in a single experiment. Scaling this to the analysis of live cell experiments allows for the evaluation of temporal data, and extending this to microplate microscopy means that population data may be studied with ease. This basic workflow is a subject of countless tutorials, countless books, and is the domain of numerous software packages that offer a cornucopia of tools intended to answer a broad range of scientific questions. In the case of the Incusite, we have developed specific assays and automation of all of these steps that the user can easily get from an image to an answer, even at microplate throughput. Another section that I really enjoyed was the new section on neuronal cell models. Can you tell us why it was important to add that section? Of course. Researchers are now studying more complex and dynamic model systems, such as stem cells, and at the forefront of this research are neuroscientists. In order for them to fully characterize differences in patient-specific diseased and normal cells, it is critical for researchers to continuously analyze the same population of cells 
to detect both significant and subtle changes as the biology unfolds over time. It is models like these that exemplify the importance of live cell analysis for the discovery of novel neurotherapeutics. Just to follow along with that, could you describe the tools that are currently being used to measure areas such as neuronal cell health, morphology, and function, and then the limitations with those methods? There are many technologies currently being employed to measure various aspects of cell health, morphology, and function, including immunocytochemistry, microelectrode electrophysiology techniques, and flow cytometry. Unfortunately, these approaches have inherent drawbacks, such as the inability to monitor long-term changes in biological behavior. Single endpoint or small population measurements simply do not offer insight into the dynamic changes and interactions of populations of cells in the nervous system. Beyond that, and of significant importance to sensitive neurons, is that the sample preparation can perturb fragile neuronal cells and compromise the data being acquired. Think about it this way. Say you've just spent a couple of hours painting a picture, days, weeks painting a picture, but now you have to pick up that painting and move it somewhere else before it has the opportunity to dry. You're trying not to ruin the painting by getting your fingers on it, and for some reason you have to transfer it to your car while it's raining outside. So now you have fingerprints and water that has completely changed the painting, losing what the original image should be. In the end, in order to evaluate the actions and structures of neuronal cells, and ultimately understand how the brain operates, it is critical for neuroscientists to not only monitor temporal changes, but to perform these measurements without introducing artifacts and thus changing the picture. And just to follow up with that specifically, how does live cell imaging address these limitations? So real-time live cell analysis is purpose-designed to address the needs of live cells. We must recall that in order for researchers to take advantage of, for example, stem cell-derived neurons, they must have the ability to reliably sustain cultures and analyze the changes that occur as as these cells mature over time. So instead of fixing and killing cells for a single endpoint measurement, live cell analysis uses non-invasive techniques and reagents to capture data from the same population of living cells over time. Now when this data is being captured, it's all from a controlled environment, the cells are not being moved, and the environment remains physiologically relevant. The ability to evaluate the full long-term changes of the cell population in a non-invasive manner while in a stable environment offers considerable advantages in characterizing the function of the nervous system compared to single endpoint analysis. Could we get a little bit more specific, and could you tell us how the IncuSight live cell analysis methodology enables the study of neuronal cell dynamics? Live cell analysis has continued to evolve, and an exciting development includes the ability to detect fast kinetic activity, such as neuronal activity. By capturing calcium oscillations using a unique movie mode acquisition, we allow neuroscientists to evaluate how neuronal networks develop over time, including being able to determine whether neuronal cells are active and how their activity changes over time. Scientists needed a technology that could capture this longitudinally and without perturbing the biology. It takes days, weeks, or months for some stem cell-derived neurons to mature and become active. And now with live cell analysis, scientists are able to assess complex neuronal activity measurements over time to determine when it might be appropriate to assess treatment paradigms in those cultures. 
I'd like to summarize a little bit and just um, ask you to talk about what all this means for current research opportunities. Well, we will continue to focus on the development of stem cell research as one of our main focuses here and the use of patient-specific cells. Keeping this type of model system in mind, you have to understand that these cells are dynamic and constantly changing. So being able to continuously monitor them and really characterize how they change and interact with other cells allows researchers the ability to truly break down the complex nature of the brain. Ultimately, the goal of live cell analysis is to provide researchers with tools and applications that can answer their questions and give them the ability to make innovative and new scientific discoveries. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I think these are all enabling technologies that we really need to uh, raise awareness of and to um, let people know that, that these tools exist to enable their research. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to add for listeners today before we close? I just wanted to say that I'm very pleased to be talking to you and the Cell Culture Dish listeners today. Uh, at Sartorius, we have an incredible dedication to live cell analysis of cell models and have been involved in real-time live cell imaging since 2009. We're excited to remain on the forefront of cell culture techniques and workflows which support the life sciences community. We've just passed 2,000 peer-reviewed publications using the site and we're pushing forward along with the scientific community to provide the tools necessary to answer the important biological questions of the day. Expanding our portfolio with these techniques, like neural activity measurements over extended periods of time, provides these tools as a big step towards fulfilling our vision that every cell biologist can gain live cell insights within Incusite. Thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To learn more about this and other stem cell and biomanufacturing related topics, please visit us at www.cellculturedish.com or for downstream biomanufacturing topics, www.downstreamcolumn.com.